to houses, as Pastor said. But above all else, we become a family to them. Because many of them are here by themselves. Many of them have left esposa, their wife. They left their parents. They left their kids because they have this dream that they are going to come and work and be able to do things in a correct manner for their family. So the only thing that we ask is that you keep us in your prayers and just that the Lord keeps giving us the guidance, gives us the, the, the tenacity and the strength. I work more than 40 hours a week on a secular job. As soon as I get out of work, my wife is ringing me and saying, listen, you have this meeting, you have this meeting, we have this meeting. My wife and I, if it's a miracle, we get home maybe by midnight every single day. And we've been doing this for about nine years now. Against all odds, against all opposition, we have seen the devil and hell try to just destroy us. But we hold on to our faith and we say, we know the greater is he that called us than the one that is against us. And so we do this. The Lord called me into ministry. I was 23 years old. Now I'm 34, and I am starting to notice that I don't recover as quick as I used to. Before, I could have a holy Pentecostal service. You know, for, if you haven't been to Spanish church, I invite you to come to a Spanish church. But first thing I want you to lose is the concept of time. When you come to ch Spanish church, we're not in here for an hour. We're here till the Holy Ghost lets us go. But I tell you, you walk out of those services, boy, full of the Holy Spirit. And I welcome you. Anytime that you want to come, we have service Sundays at 2.30. Service is bilingual. I sometimes have to preach in English and Spanish at the same time. I have my beautiful wife that she's in the front telling me sometimes I get stuck on one language. She's like, switch, switch, switch. And so... She's there indicating me, and I have my media team that is there. So, again, please keep us in our, in our prayers, in your prayers, please, and let us get into the word of God. How about that? We're going to base the topic of today, and, again, we're going to be a little bit of bilingual Spanglish. The title of today's lesson, sermon, is Active Gracia, Active Grace. I want you to tell the person next to you and try to roll your arcs. Give it with some, give it active gracia, active grace. There you go, active grace. We'll get there, we'll get there, don't worry, we'll get there, we'll get there. We're basing this off on Mark chapter 5, verse 25 and 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. And again, I want to speak of this beautiful word, grace. I believe the problem of a lot of churches nowadays, dear church, is that we try to pretend that we have it all together. We try to act like we're holier than thou, but sometimes we become the most secret, dirty sinners that anybody has seen. And what we need to understand that grace has the power to reach you, but not only to reach you, but has the power to change you. But the problem with the superficial Western culture of Christianity is they want to be reached, but they don't want to be transformed. They want to feel that they're at church. They speak Christian. They dress Christian. But in the heart and the mind, 
they are so far away from it. We walk into the dark and gray area like in the time of the Bible with the Pharisees y los escribas when they would come and try to attack Jesus and Jesus said, listen, you look beautiful from the outside. You look holy from the, from the outside, but in inside you are dead. And the problem with many Christians, dear church, is the following. That they know religion, but they don't know Christ. They know what it sounds to be a Christian. They know how to dress and walk as a Christian. But in the secret of their heart, they are dead. They love the Lord just with their lips. But their heart and their mind and their wallet and their lifestyle belongs to somebody else. And we have to understand that when we come to Christ, there is a before and an after. But the problem nowadays, dear church, is that people come to Christ and they walk away from Christ as they used to be the same. There's no before and there's no after. I remind you that true Christianity... True disciples and follower of Jesus, it's not a title, it's a lifestyle. I remind you when that you come to Christ, you will not be the same. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but if you come to Christ, but yet you live the same and the same, you are not a Christian. You are not a follower of Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a title. Christianity is a lifestyle. It's a person that says, yes, I used to be this. Yes, I used to be that. But I had an encounter with the all living God and he changed my life drastically. I'm sorry. That, 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 uh, you know, this is, this is, these are things that we have to understand that grace is not only a tool used to make you comfortable in your sinful life. It is a tool to empower you to have a different life. It is the vehicle that the Lord uses to say, my son, my daughter, you used to be lost. You used to be blind. You used to be sick. You used to be broken. But I have made you whole. I have changed your destiny. I have given you new life. So again... We have to understand that grace is not something that we just sing. It's not just in a beautiful hymn called Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace that saved. No, no, no. It is the instrument that God uses to show not only you, but to show the world that he who comes to Christ is a new creation. The old has passed and he makes all things new. So let us go into the word of God, please. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And the topic again is active gracia, active grace. We'll start reading at verse 25. And it says the following. And there was a woman who had discharge of blood for 12 years. How many years? 12 years. And who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather, hear this, grew worse. Dear church, we have to understand that this woman was in a desperate condition. 
Her condition made her ceremonially and socially unclean. We have to understand the context of the time and the era and the people that she lived with. She was a significant burden to live under for 12 years. According to the Jewish ideas of this time, dear church, if this woman touched anyone or anything, she made that person, made that thing unclean. I want you to understand something. Even though you think that it's just kind of like this lighthearted phrase that broken, that hurt people, hurt people. I want you to understand that that is very true. You have to understand the word of God says, as a man or a woman is in their heart, so is they. And we have to understand that this uncleanliness did not allow her to take part, hear this, in normal worship functions. She had a condition that she wouldn't dare show up to the door of church. Because according to those days, she was unclean. She was broken. She was no good. By law, it is said that if this woman had come under this affliction after she was married, after she had kids, hear this, she would have to divorce her husband. She would have to leave her home. She was ostracized from all society and must not come into contact with any of her old friends. She was excommunicated from all the services at synagogue and she was shut out of the woman's court in the temple. She had suffered many things from many physicians, the word of God says. She went to the doctors to get better but only suffered worse and became even poorer. Luke, the physician, tells us that she had spent all of her livelihood, everything that she had, on these doctors. She knew how doctor bills could take all her money that her family had. But here is the situation. That there's many people nowadays who are mentally, emotionally, and above all else, spiritually ill spiritually sick and guess what happens they go into the world and they spend a great deal of time and money and energy on things that will never heal them that will never satisfy them some people try to go when they feel that their soul is sick. They go visit Dr. Success. They go visit Dr. Pleasure. They go visit Dr. Self-Help. They go visit Dr. Religion. But they cannot bring cure because there's only one name. There is only one name that can heal a broken man, a broken woman. And his name is Jesus Christ. We have to understand that we live in a day where we are told, do as you please. Do what makes you feel good. But let me tell you, that is contrary to the gospel. Because like Pastor said, not everything that feels good is. The problem is that nowadays, we just want to put a Jesus label 
on everything that we do. Oh, this sin is not a big deal. Jesus understands. This attitude, this is always who I've been. Jesus understands. Again, when you come to Christ, there's a before and there's an after. I'll say this because when the people that we serve, we have people that say, Pastor, I am this foul-mouthed person because this is who I am. Pastor, I'm, I'm an angry person because this is who I am. I was born this way. But let me tell you the good news. The Word of God said in John that you, we are supposed to be born again. So don't give me the excuse saying, me mommy was this way. Me poppy was this way. My grandfather was this way. But there's somebody that needs to come to Jesus and say, that's who they used to be that's who I used to be but I will not be that no more we need to understand that we need to be fed up like this woman was fed up and I'm sorry pastor I'll say this with all love and respect there's many people within a church body that they are not sick of their condition just yet they still like their sin they like backsliding once in a while. They like waking up church late on Sunday because they were doing some ungodly things on Saturday. Thank good nobody came that though they do those things. Nobody came. Nobody came. We need to understand, dear church, that no matter what we do, no matter how much doctor success we visit, no matter how much doctor self-help we, 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 we visit, there is only one solution. Uno. That means one. You know when you play the card game uno, it's not, English wasn't invented that, that's Spanish. Uno, that means one. Start giving us some credit, Lord, you know, same. Y'all don't like our culture, but y'all like our tacos and our culture. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? You don't like, you don't like my people, but we sure do like Cinco de Mayo. You know Cinco de Mayo is not the independence of Mexico. You know that, right? That's September. This weekend, actually, September 15th, Where was that, babe? Oh, yeah. So... We have to understand that no matter how much we try to fix ourselves, there are things that we cannot fix. But there's only one. But the problem here, church, is that we live in a world that says you could be fixed with everything else but Jesus. We live in a world that says do what makes you happy. And the gospel says, uh-uh. We live in a world that says, follow your heart. But the Bible says, watch out because your heart is deceitful. Let us be honest. How many times we used to say, Lord, this person is from you. You even told pastor. You even lied. You said, we fasted about this. You fasted a who? Pastor, we prayed about this. You prayed to who? God, okay, here, here's this. God will never give you something or someone that will drag you away from him. God will never give you a career that will distract you from him. 
He will never give you a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, hobbies that will distract you from him. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, your priority is not self, it is not others, it is him. Your priority is not your emotions, how you feel, but what pleases him. And we see that this woman tried everything. We live in a world that says do what your heart tells you. No, no, no. The gospel says deny yourself. And something that I have learned in my walk with the Lord is that most of the things God asks me to do, in my humanity, I may not like it. But boy, does all things work good for those that are, love the Lord and they obey him and walk according to his will. She had suffered. The word says that she was even made worse by these people. Understand, church, that when people, when you and I try to go get fixed mentally, emotionally, spiritually by everything else or everyone else but Jesus, our condition will never get better. Our condition will get worse. When a soul is sick today, we have different doctors and spend great amount of time, energy, and in, 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 in our investments and things that will never make us better and today I want to talk to you about active grace and the beautiful thing about active grace according to these verses we're going to see about four different characteristics of active grace so we saw clearly this woman had a problem yes she was suffering for 12 years. She has spent all her money. She was actually getting worse. But let us go into verse 27. She had heard the reports about Jesus. Step number one, when we talk about this journey of active grace, you need to come and see. You need to come and see for yourself. Listen, we have taught our people, listen, the best way to evangelize is not standing in the corner and shouting on the top of the lungs and saying you're going to hell. The best way to evangelize is living a godly lifestyle in the midst of people that are not believers. But here's the problem. Many of us want to invite people to church, but you've never been to church to them. I'm sorry, you've been a type of church, but not the godly sanctified church, but the church more downtown that way. You have the audacity to tell people, listen, come to church, God will transform you. How long you been going? Oh, I've been there for seven years. What? Understand that the only way that you could bring people to church is that you have been the church first to them. And I ask the question, what type of church have we been to them? Don't try to tell me that you want to invite. Listen, I tell my church honestly, 100%. I said, listen, don't you dare invite people to church if you're not being the church out there. Pastor, what do you mean? You don't want people to come to church? Yeah, I do. But I want them to be brought by people who have been the church. Because hear this, I tell my church this way. If you're not being the church out there, please, please don't tell them the name of your church. And when they said, who are your pastores? Lord, please give them Alzheimer's for that couple seconds right there so they don't know my name. <laughs> 
I tell our church, if you're going to bring somebody, you have first exposed them to the life-changing Christ before you brought them to church. But pastor, I'm not perfect. Obviously, no one is. But when we come to Christ, we are filled with something called the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to walk different, to talk different, to react different, to feel different, to treat others different. You don't have to do it alone. But don't use the excuse, but we're human. As, as a way to cop out of your duty as a believer. To cop out of your responsibility as a believer. So the biggest thing today is this woman came and saw. Yes? So step one, in the journey of active gracia, you first come and see. But the problem to many people as well is that they just come and see the presence of God. This woman not only came to see, she said, if you read in that same verse, she said, not only did she come because she had heard the reports about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Here's step two, church, of the journey at Active Gracia. First you come and see, but now you come and touch. And there's many people nowadays, saints, is that they only come to see Jesus, but they never come and touch Jesus. They touch religion. They touch what they used to know about him. They touch who their family used to be. They touch everything else, but they never touch Jesus. And the problem is that they don't know how to touch because they're touching everything else out there. The problem is that they choose not to touch Jesus. Why? They choose to remain sick. They choose to say, listen, if I get too close, something will change in me. And if something changes in me, people will start noticing. And then they're going to stop talking to me. And they're going to stop not inviting me to their get-together. But that's okay because if I have Jesus, I got everything that I need. If I have his presence, if I have his approval, if I have his eyes set on me, that's all I need. She came first to see, but then she came and touched. And here's the beautiful thing. Verse 28 says, for she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. She said in her own words, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Now let us go to verse 29, and it says, and immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. Here's step three in the journey of active gracia. You first come and touch. You fir first you come and see. Then you come and touch, but then you come and be healed. Immediately, the word of God says that the fountain of her blood was dried up. According to the thinking of that day, when this unclean woman touched Jesus, it would make him unclean. But because of the nature of Jesus and the power of God, this wasn't how it worked. When she touched his garment, Jesus was not made unclean. Jesus 
was the one that made this woman whole. When we come to Jesus with our sin, with our filth, with our addiction, with our depression, with our anxiety, with our bad form of speaking and treating others, here's the good news. You don't make him a sinner, but he makes you clean. One more time, when you come to him as foul as you may feel, as worthless as you may feel, as dirty as you may feel, as rejected, as abused, as traumatized, you don't harm him, he heals you. You don't affect him, he affects you. But we need to understand that again, in the journey of the grace That active gracia, there's a before and there's an after. The woman had a condition. She was sick. But now, let us read verses 30 to 34. And with this I finish. This might be the shortest sermons I have ever done. Oh boy, I tell you. In Spanish church, let me tell you, cuando el Padre, el Hijo, el Espíritu Santo se presenta, you are there for hours. But I'm doing my best. I'm trying to behave. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Verse 30. Don't say that. See, stop, stop saying that. Yeah, yeah. You would be here for, before my service. We'll just call our people to meet us here and we'll just have church here. Verse 30, please. And Jesus, so again, we saw that this woman came and she saw. Yes? Then she came and touched. Then she came and was healed. Now, verse 30, this is what I love about Jesus. He that starts the good work in us. Oh, man. Let me tell you the beautiful thing about Jesus. Jesus is not like a crappy contractor that starts something and never finish it. Jesus is legit. Jesus es el mero mero. When he says, I'm going to do something, he does it completely. Verse 30, it says, and Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? Listen, Jesus had the patience of Jesus. I am telling you. This is how you know you don't got to be perfect to walk with the Lord. Jesus had some, Jesus had some people, had some crazy people. And part of his entourage in his squad. Look at Peter. He had an anger management problem. Judas was a traitor, you know. Luke, maybe he thought he knew it all because he was a doctor, you know what I mean? He had some imperfect people. So right here, these people said, Jesus, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You see these people. But look at 32. And he looked around to see. Who had done it? This verse just shakes me. Because Jesus was walking by with his disciples, with a multitude, and he felt something. And Jesus didn't say, good for her. 
and kept walking. Uh Uh-uh. He stopped. Here's this. You and I have the power. Oh, Lord have mercy. You and I have the faith enough that if you just activate that supernatural faith, you reach out and touch God. God will stop in his track and say, what do you need? What do you need? But the problem of us is we come at him half-heartedly. We come at him mas o menos, a media. We don't come to him fully. We come to him to be an audience. We come to see him as fans go look at somebody in a stadium. But God doesn't want you as a fan. He wants you near. He wants you to come and touch him. Here's this. And this is the last point of our journey of la gracia activa. That Jesus, when he stopped, he looked for her. I want you to understand, when you come to the Lord with your whole heart, with sincerity, with humility, with faith, he sees you. He, 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 he looks at you. Verse 33, but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. We see in these verses that Jesus asked, who touched my clothes? Jesus more literally said, who touched me on my clothes? Her goal wasn't to touch the clothes of Jesus, but to touch Jesus. The clothes just happened to be a part of Jesus that she could touch. Because this woman was embarrassed and thought that her uncleanliness meant that she was not allowed to touch Jesus, she tried to do it secretly. But God often brings his work out to the open, even if it may start in the secret. One more time. But God often brings out his work out into the open. Even if it started secretly. And when he looked around for her who had done this thing, this was before she revealed herself. Jesus knew all along exactly who touched him and received the healing. He asked who touched my clothes for the benefit of the woman. And that brings us to our last point of active gracia. You first come and see. You first come and touch. You come and be healed. But now you come and you're restored. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. Keep in mind, this woman touched Jesus. I'm done. I'm almost done. Jesus touched, this woman touched Jesus, yes? And the Bible says that the Lord stopped. I asked the question, why do you think the Lord stopped? He wasn't trying to embarrass her. You know why? Because this is the same woman that everyone saw with rejection. 
This is the woman that she wasn't invited to las fiestas and the parties. This is the woman that was not invited to dinner. This was the woman that she was not even allowed to step her foot into the door of a temple. This was the woman that maybe was criticized. She was cussed out. She was called an animal. She was called unclean. But the beautiful thing about Jesus, not only does he heal you, he will restore you in the midst of all those people that used to say he cannot do well he will never change she will never be different and now that the Lord says hold up she wasn't that way before but now that she has come to me I have restored her you know what the Lord literally did in that moment he told the scribes he told the Pharisees he told the people she is no longer sick she is no longer an unclean person she is now my daughter because Jesus right here said daughter before she was called unclean. Now, the God of glory did not call her unclean. He called her daughter. Hear this. There's a difference between a superficial Christian and a child of God. Hay una diferencia entre hijo y hija de Dios. There's a difference between son and daughter of Christ than just a superficial Christian. Superficial Christians, you got to go look for them to come to church. A son and a daughter of Christ says, hey, I'm the first one there and the last one out. Not because I have to, but because I realize that I need him every single day. Even though he saved me years ago, but I still need him now as I did back then. And I will need him again in the future as much as I need him now. You have to understand that by him stopping, he literally gave her the greatest comeback story in history. He said, first, y'all were mistreating her. When she would walk by, you'd be like, hmm. When she would walk by, women would start talking about her. Jesus said, uh-uh, she's not the same. But here's the problem, that many people want to come to Jesus to see, but they never come to touch. And because they never come to touch, they never get healed. And then because they never got healed, they never come and get restored. And here's the dangerous part about this, that many people conform, just come and see week after week Jesus but they never want to have a life-changing experience. I want you to understand something. You could literally call yourself a Christian and still be sick spiritually. You could be out here posting on all your social media platforms on how Christian you are and still be sick spiritually. Dare I say you could even have a position in the church. And you sound sanctified. You dress sanctified. But the Lord says, whose child are you? Stop, tell, mira, stop, stop telling people we're all children of God. We're not. We are all creation of God. But the word of God tells me 
that whoever obeys his word, whoever reads it, memorizes it, applies it, and share it with their lifestyle, those are the ones that are called children of God. But stop feeding people this lie saying you can still be all you want to be and do what you want to be and you're still a child of God. No, you're not. Pastor, why you bring this brown pastor up here talking about all this stuff? Because why? How is it possible? How is it possible that on Sunday you're holy, but on Saturday you're dirty? Let us not even talk about let's go into your DMs and social media. Let us not go about, because there's many part-time Christians nowadays. On Sunday they're saved, but Monday through Friday people at work don't even know that you're a Christian. The active gracia changes your life if you allow it, but it's your choice. This Bible does not tell me that this woman was forced to come to Jesus. She chose. She chose to come and see. She chose to come and touch. She chose to become and to be healed, but yet she was restored. This is how you know that you are sanctified. The Lord doesn't call us to be perfect, but he calls us to be holy. Santo. That's holy in Spanish. Santo. Santa. Santa or not Santa Claus. Santa or Santo. Santo, holy, doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means you're set apart. That your life has a sign that says reserved for Jesus Christ. And anybody that wants to come and remove you and remove Christ from you, you will not let them into your life. No matter how good looking they are, no matter how much money they have, you said, I'd rather die before giving up my Jesus. Church, we have a duty and a responsibility that if we want to live in active gracia, we have to come and see. But that's not enough. You have to come and touch. But don't tell me you touched and still are the same way. This woman did not come and touch Jesus and she left the same way she came? Absolutely not. There was a before and there was an after. And so if you ask yourself the question, why is it that I come to church week after week after week, but I still am the same, is because you just came and saw. But when you come and see, you come and touch, you come and you become healed, then that's when the Father restores you. Right there where you at, I would just ask if you could close your eyes and bow your head. I may not know you, you may not know me. But there's a God that knows all of us. And I'm convinced that the Lord has spoken here today. Because there's many of us that we have come to church week after week, month after month, year after year. We've read devotion after devotion. We've been part of prayer team. We've, we are part of all these things. But you still sense that there hasn't been a change. It could be. Because all you did is you just came to casually bump into Jesus week after week. But when you come in faith, when you come in humility,
When you come with the attitude of the el hijo pródigo, the lost prodigal son, and say, Father, I have sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son or daughter. And you humble yourself before the Lord. He does something new in your life. But hear this, church. Today, the Lord wants to heal you. Today, the Lord wants to restore you. But the question is, are you just going to come and see or you're willing to come and touch? Are you willing to say, I am ready to lay down my life. I am tired of pretending. I'm tired of being a part-time Christian. I'm tired of just faking it. I am willing to touch him so there could be something made different in me. I'll ask with everybody with their eyes closed and their head bow, if today you are wanting not just to come and see, but you're wanting to come and touch so you could be healed and you could be restored, I just ask that you lift your hand right there where you're at, please. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your hands up because there's no condemnation for those that come to Christ. There's only grace and mercy and forgiveness. Allow me to pray for you right there where you're at. Spirit of God, you have spoken this morning. You have brought us the word of the importance of the active grace. That tool, that instrument, that, that vehicle that you use to bring us close to you, but not to walk away the same. To have a before and to have an after. Father God, I just pray for every person in this room that have raised their hands to you, not to me, not to a church, but to you. The same way that this woman reached out to touch you, these people today are reaching out today and saying, I no longer want to be this way. I no longer want to carry this disease. I am tired of feeling guilty. I'm tired of feeling unclean. I'm tired of relapsing and backsliding week after week, day after day. Father God, I stretch out my hand to you because I don't want to be a fan no more. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. Right there where you at, just, just give him the, those things that are keeping you down. Give him that addiction. Give him that anger. Give him that bitterness. Give him that fear. Give him that trauma. Give him that depression. Give him that anxiety. Give it to him. Give it to him and grab hold on to him and say, Jesus, I am never letting go. Because I come to the conclusion that I can't fix myself. I can't heal myself. I can't restore myself. But you can, Lord. I don't want to touch religion no more. I don't just want to touch the title of being a follower, a believer of Jesus. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. Give me the strength to do your will and not mine because your will is perfect. My will is imperfect. And that's why I want to live for you. I give you my shame. I give you my guilt. I give you my fear. I give you everything that I am. I give you that hurt that a family member gave me, that trauma. I give you that rejection. I give you those foul words that people have used against me. People that have made me feel that I'm not good enough. People that have made me feel that I am never, I'm a lost cause. I surrender all that to you. Because I know if I come and see, 
If I come and touch you, I know that I will come and be healed. And now I know that not only am I healed, I am restored. So I could give a testimony with my life. Yes, I used to be this addict. Yes, I used to be this person with a bad attitude, with a foul mouth, with ungodly testimony. But I am not that no longer. Because I have been restored. Not by my own, but because of the grace, la gracia, la misericordia, the mercy, y el amor, and the love of Jesus Christ.